Hey, welcome to the pub. Glad you could stop by. I've actually been here for a while today, working my way through uh, a few nice drams of single malt. Um, right now, I've got a really nice 12-year-old Glenn Farkless, a, a really sweet Highland Speyside. I, I love this one. Uh, Glenn Farkless really means Valley of the Green Grass, uh, something I never really knew before until I started reading up on it. Uh, but it's become one of my favorites. Uh, if you have a chance to to grab a, a Glen Farkless at some point, uh, I highly recommend that. You know, after I've had a few single malts, I start to get kind of philosophical sitting here in the pub, and, and I start to play this game with myself of what if. You know, what if something hadn't happened the way it did way back when? You know, where would you be now? What would you be doing? Um, some of those are, are, are pretty easy. Uh, you know, what if I hadn't gotten that girl pregnant in high school? You know, what if I hadn't embezzled that money from the company? You know, these are easy and kind of stupid examples of, of what ifs. Uh, but think about some of the, the, the more important what ifs in, in your life. And when I think back, I, I wonder, you know, if I, if I hadn't taken that job at the, at the fast food place as a senior in high school, uh, you know, would I, what would have happened? I would have never met my wife. I wouldn't have the life I have now. You know, what if I hadn't taken that job in, in uh, the Virgin Islands? The, uh, you know, what if I had take, take, not taken that job in the uh, in Europe? You know, some of my what ifs revolve around my employment and where I've worked over my lifetime. But think about some of the bigger what ifs uh, that affect really everybody, affect the world. You know, what if we didn't have this asshole of a president? You know, what if the COVID hadn't hadn't occurred? Um, you know, these are kind of interesting philosophical things to think about after you've had a few. But if I could go back in time and people love to go back and think about what they would change if they could go back in time. Um, you know, I think of, of going back to 1894 uh, and I'd find my way to a little uh, rural town in eastern Bosnia, Obijai, and I'd try and find a couple farmers, uh, Peter and Marita uh, Princip. Um, they had nine kids at the time and um, sadly six of them died in, in infancy and um, I think if I could, I, I would make sure that that a seventh of their kids didn't make it because that seventh kid, 19 years later, um, uh, grew up to be the assassin that, that killed Archduke Ferdinand and started World War I. If you think about all the shit that has happened in this world, uh, flowing from the, the World War I, uh, the, the, the terrible loss of life and, and just the, the incredible suffering that incurred uh, from that war, the, the 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 horrible economic conditions that that left Germany and after the war that led to the rise of the Nazi Party and Hitler, which led to the development of the atomic bomb, you know, which led to the Cold War, uh, which led to you know, trillions of dollars being spent in defense money over over decades, and you wonder, you know, you know, what would our life be like if if all that money that was spent on bombs and rockets and tanks could have been spent on education, healthcare, arts. Uh, it, it kind of boggles the mind to think of how different our life would be if that stupid 19-year-old kid who thought himself a, a, a Serbian hero uh, had shot uh, the Archduke that afternoon uh, and started this cascade of, of shit that, that we've been living with uh, for 100 years now. So yeah, I, I like to think about some of these what ifs uh, and, and not the big picture, because some of those big decisions in your life you, you, you do with 
lots of, of consideration and thought and you get advice from your family and friends and, and you make a, a, a well a, a well thought out decision. But some of them are just plain simple. You don't even think about it at the time. Uh, they're, they're small, inconsequential things, but they, they cascade and lead into something that, that you could never have predicted. And you wonder you know, what would have happened if, if, I had, uh, uh, if I had not done this? What if I had, had not said that? There's, there's uh, lots of, of opportunity, I think, to become uh, pretty philosophical uh, after you've had a few here in the pub. And, uh, and this is a game I kind of like to play with myself. You know, what if? You know, what if I hadn't done this? What if I hadn't done that? And what would my life be like? Uh, in, in not that I don't like my life now, but it's always uh, an interesting process to, to think about how things could have been different. Uh, would they have been better? Would they have been worse? So, well, that's what happens when you sit in the pub for too long and, and start drinking uh, early in the day. So, hey, let me, uh, uh, let me run back up to the bar and refresh my glass and, and stick around because after this quick break, uh, I have a really interesting uh, story to tell you about an uppity woman that I think you really enjoy. Um, talk to you in a few minutes. Welcome back. You know, in my ongoing researches into uppity women of the past, uh, I came across this story of uh, Susanna Wright. Uh, in the early 1700s, when Pennsylvania was really kind of the new frontier, uh, Susanna Wright really helped to tame it. Now, where Susanna differed from the other energetic and literate female Quakers of her time was in her marital status. She was single for 87 years. Now, this was nearly unheard of. Uh, the, the state of affairs was made even more galling uh, by the fact that Susanna thrived on her status, uh, grievously manless though it was. The only male in sight was her doctor dad, a widower uh, with a large household who she managed. Um, Susanna was educated in England. Uh, she had far-flung interests. By turns, she was a bookworm, a poet, letter writer, linguist, bibliophile. She compiled one of the largest libraries in the state with volumes in Italian, Latin, French, of course, all of which she could read. A naturalist at heart, Susanna read extensively in the field. She was keen on cultivating silkworms in Lancaster and was very successful at that. But not content with these accomplishments, Susanna Wright made the substantial contributions to her community, too. Now, although she didn't have a medical degree, women did at the time, uh, Wright studied with her father and acted on various occasions as, as a physician. Now, the most valuable service that this nonstop altruist may have rendered uh, was in legal matters. Miss Wright often did some pro bono work for those around her. She could draw up a will or settle a property dispute with just as much skill as she could write a poem, paint a picture, or pen a letter. Who says there were no Renaissance women in early America? So hats off. We salute you here in the pub, Susanna Wright. Uh, and we salute all the uppity women uh, in the past. Well, thanks for sticking around the pub today. Uh, talk to you guys soon. Take care now. Bye.